Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy, what do we like today? Well, we spoke to a chap in Holland who's uh, basically come up with the World Belly Sliding Championships. Oh, yeah, he he was good. DJ, Ajax fan. Uh, A nice chat with uh, Bob Willis's brother and his uh, wife. Uh, about uh, the late Bob Willis, uh, they brought a book out for charity. It's a really nice book. Yeah, uh, we spoke to a, a bloke who's uh, done a. Are we going to speak to? We're we going to do that one. The What's mural, that? the bloke that did the mural. Oh yeah, we're doing that. We're doing that. Oh, yeah. okay. It's on the pitch at Twickenham. Okay, lovely. Yeah. You're in charge of this, apparently. Well, I've written it down, but I can't think. Yeah. And we had a chat. Yeah. Various matters. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. And when I'm watching the, the cricket, sometimes I'm exercising, I, and my <clears throat> exercise bike is loud, so I, I'll listen to commentary, and I have to sync up the commentary with the pitch. I do this with talk sports commentary yeah. as well. <clears throat> you have to sort of pause your sky box, and then you let let it run at the right point, and then you've got mm. radio and TV it's simultaneously. Well, last night, we had a, a great example of that in the game where it had gone horribly wrong. Yeah, in the uh, BT match, uh, <laughs> the Champions League, they were out of sync. Old Fletch was out of sync. I mean, it was no one's Talk about fault. taking the excitement out of it. Yeah. Blimey. You knew Pasolic had scored even before the ball was on its way to him. Because, <laughs> what a goal by Pasolic. What? What's God, that? He, well, he can read a game, old Fletch, <laughs> oh, can't really he? Yeah, wasn't but, um, that wasn't yeah. their fault. It's what we call a Stuart Pearce. Now, you know, we've gone on about it a little bit since the last, uh, I think it was the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, where yes. Stuart was working for us and had a feed of, of the game that was ahead of ours. And so he'd be sitting there watching with his headphones on and we were watching it on the telly and suddenly you'd hear Stuart go go oh god really (laughs) (laughs) and the way he said it meant it wasn't an England goal (laughs) yeah exactly that's right we had the the other great moment from that was that the fact we were actually listening to the output from Talk Sports so in that case getting getting bits of the commentary quite early and you may remember in that World Cup in 2014 Gary Lewin falling falling over the um, yeah celebrating the, the, wasn't he? Uh, yes, that's right. The uh, physio and uh, he was a bit of a nasty incident. He had to be sort of yeah. stretched off, didn't he? So we were listening to the Talksport output, and uh, we all knew it was Gary Lewin because we heard. I think Jim mm. was commentating that day, Jim Proudfoot, and he was telling us yeah. what had happened. And so Andy was listening. What were you listening to? You watching I was watching the TV my Slingbox. I wanted to TV watch Clive's pictures. commentary yeah. on. So I was watching my own telly at home. My yeah. TV, so I was a good 30 seconds behind everybody else. Well, a bit longer than that, because we think Gary Lewin was halfway to the <laughs> hospital in the ambulance by the time Andy suddenly shouted across the room, 
It's Gary Lewin. <laughs> yeah, very loud. Got a big headphones on. <laughs> got a very, very big it was very bad, Anyway, maybe it? you needed to be there, well, clearly I... by the reaction. <laughs> so I can hear you going, yeah, all right, that probably worked in the room, but well, not so did, much yeah, now. Right. Now, a few notes from last night. Uh, Icardi, he might be a brilliant finisher, but blimey, when he doesn't score, he must not be on the pitch. Yeah, he had yeah, a mare, didn't he? A totally ineffective I mean, even that ball is. in from Neymar, he, he, you would have thought, you know, you'd expect your yeah, little attacker. Yeah, a bit of a run. Yeah, just to attack the space. I'll put it in an area where you're dangerous. Feel free. To uh, bother running into it, yeah. And Paredes, who came on for uh, PSG, mm. I don't know if his family own a large ice cream and sausage emporium business, but his name in English is Walls. Is Paredes that right? in Spanish is Walls. Yeah. It means Walls. I never yeah, knew so his that. Name is walls. Fantastic. And yeah. uh, Martin Derone, I was ringing him up in the winter to see what outerwear he's choosing. Yes, I like to know the coat Derone. <laughs> oh blimey! It's like the birthday. <laughs> I've got another back. one for you on those. Without the birthday. And Kayla Navis, who oh, had yeah. to go off. Um, yeah, he's a good. I don't know if you know this about him, but in his spare time, he runs a Cub Scout pack. Does he does, really? Does our Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Silla. Yeah. It would be great if he had worked instead of Graham on a blind date. Let's hear from our Kayla. It'd been great, wouldn't it? What's your watch telling you to do to Danny, your smart watch? What's it? Is it I just uh, saw it flash on. No, no. It's a bit annoyed with you. It's probably yeah. England. To try and hold your catches. <laughs> yeah. And a uh, <laughs> couple of duffers today. I mean, really, not great communication by um, Burns mm. and uh, Sibley, was it really? You know, I did, they didn't seem to get in each other's way yeah, a bit. They I mean, did, really. And then Burns dropped one more or less right. Look, it happens. You can't blame guys for that. They don't mean to drop it, but it's looking quite costly, that, isn't it, really, that drop? But anyway, I so say we're back we'll to the see. cricket this yeah, afternoon. Yeah. I think it might be a draw with all the rain about. The pitch looks quite friendly. So we'll see what happens. Um, I was thinking about, do you see this, the, the, the Beckhams? They, they do fascinate me. Mm. Victoria Beckham has trolled hubby David online after he recreated a snap of himself from a perfume ad <clears> 15 years ago. Uh, the ex-football captain, England football captain, 45, I think we all knew all that, yeah. posted the 2005... Why don't they just say he? Yeah. He posted, because <clears> we, we didn't need that. Superfluous, isn't it? Posted the 2005 <laughs> snap and the new version taken by son Brooklyn on Instagram. Oh, God, I went and had a look at it. I mean, do these people ever converse with themselves without social media? It's do you want really... a cup of tea? That goes on Instagram. Do you want a cup of tea? At David Beckham. What time are you coming home? The uh, She said, it's the... the best post I've ever seen. It is everything. Okay. Well, well there we are. I couldn't um, see it, it was a proud day there in the family because, you see, Romeo's had his first tattoo. Yeah, it's great, isn't and it? And if you are a multi-tattooed family, that, that first tattoo is, is a bit of a rite, <laughs> rite of, of passage. passage isn't it, really? So, uh, well uh, done to Romeo. I mean, on the one hand, for them, it's a lovely thing that they've got such a bit. How many have they got? One, two, three, four children? Yeah. But for us, it's terrible because they're going to be forced to the point. It's not their fault. But everything they <laughs> do for is... us, it's terrible. Well, no it one's is. making you read the story. Well, you, can't, you can't not read it. It's there, isn't it? It's in you the paper. You can't not read it. Well, they do write about them, don't they? Well, what's the, who cares well, whether Romeo's had well, a well, tattoo you clear, or not? You clearly do, Andy, I clearly you don't. you hoover this stuff up. I don't. You hoover this stuff up. I've got up. no choice. It's my job. I have to read the paper. I can't oh, skip over it. What a it. job. What a job <laughs> what a reading job. tabloid tittle-tattle. Surely it's more than that. Well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, coming up it in the first hour... Like the bloke who discovered the world's longest chip, but more of him later. Yeah, more of him later on. I've got a bone to pick with him. The, well, I just got, I've got a couple of questions. I said that. I've just got a couple of questions. <laughs> I said that. You, 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 you 
Take me to task. I've got a couple of questions around that very subject. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There were some fantastic pictures emerged at the start of the week of the World Belly Sliding Championships mm. in Hilversum in Holland. And we wanted to know more about it. So our crack research team have, have uh, finally found out... It was out quite hard, wasn't it? It was you know, hard to track down the yeah. organisers, but thankfully we have. And joining us now, it was the first ever one, hopefully the first of many. Dutch comedian, broadcaster, Ajax fan, uh, Klaas van der Eerden joins us. Klaas, good afternoon. Good afternoon, yeah, from a bloody hot Holland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hot here and, uh, and hot, hot with Holland. you as well. Yeah. So we'll come on yeah. to all your football loves, etc. in a minute, but um, where did the idea of the World Belly Sliding Championships come from? Well, uh, many sports events in the Netherlands uh, couldn't take place because of the COVID uh, pandemic at least not with much viewers or live audience. So we organized a typical Dutch folkloric sport event. And it's, well, it's for uh, not with a live audience, but for our view- viewers and listeners of our Dutch radio station. Um, so it's the Dutch Belly Slide Championship, or we call it the Buik Schuif Kampioenschappen. Right. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, what's the, we'll fo- what's the format for this? How does it actually work, the competition? It's an uh, it's a sliding uh, alley of 50 meters long with uh, and, and one meter wide, uh, drowned in green soap, and you can run for five meters, only five meters. And after these five meters, you have to jump on the alley and slide with your belly pointing down so far as possible. <laughs> That's right. It. Does it favour the larger person? Uh, how large? Well. I, <laughs> Well, my my body is well uh, is similar to uh, I would call a rigger face. Not I don't, don't don't have his talents, but I have his uh, his body. Okay. <laughs> and um, I didn't come so far because I didn't I forgot to uh, to wax my chest, so my chest hair was acting like a break. Ah, oh. <laughs> so, so that would that would slow you down. It would slow you Not down. one for our old mate Richard slowly. Keys, clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those young guys who were totally waxed and good looking and they well the winner was the Dutch champion for seven years now and he uh, was sliding the whole 50 metres long mm. yeah well that's him so is the technique to kind of uh, you know once you, so you run along you, you're yeah. allowed to run up then you jump onto a, a kind of everybody's done this in their garden over the yeah. summer haven't they when you kind of the kids slide along on their front but you sort of is it best to kind of keep your belly on the ground arch your, arch your arms and your back make sure your arms are up and your legs are up yeah, that's the technique. You have to only put your belly on, on the alley. So it's, it's arms high, uh, legs high, and then, well, do nothing, really. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, the five meters running. That's uh, very important to, uh, well, to have uh, so, so quick as possible to do the five meters running and then, well, slide. It's a bit like bobsleigh, human bobsleigh, without the sled, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What is yeah, it? Sounds yeah. a good, good sport. How, so how many, obviously in this difficult times, it's, you probably found it hard to get a world, uh, not audience, but world competitors. I mean, how many different people took part? Um, um, I saw uh, 20, 20 top oh, uh, belly, belly sliders from all, uh, <laughs> from all uh, Netherlands from, because it's a typical folkloric uh, sports event. So small towns have their own uh, champion. So they, well, they bring their own champion. So we had uh, 20 towns with their own uh, champion uh, who come around. And what was the furthest distance, uh, Klaus? Who, who, what was the furthest distance covered by the winner? The winner was the whole 50 metres and uh, his name was uh, 
Uh, Joris, uh, the belly button. <laughs> Good nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're going to do it again? This was, say it was the inaugural one, you're going to do it again, you think? Uh, I think uh, over a year we will do it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Now, uh, you're an Ajax fan. Your team, I think they've got friendly tonight. They're playing with Trent. And you mentioned earlier that uh, uh, some uh, famous people spent with a few starting again on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward uh, to Duke of Wellington. Oh, yeah. The artist J.M.W. Turner and Ronnie Barker. Yeah, football fan from Ajax. Alongside magnifying glass, we found John F. Kennedy. Okay, so celebrity specs. You've been telling us some you'd like to have. Quite a lot of uh, Edgar Davids. Um, What about James Mitchell, the Preston keeper in the 1922 FA Cup uh, final? To date, still the only player to wear glasses. The end of season showpiece stories, Gabon. That's good knowledge. Quincy promising an Arsenal potentially trying to sign him. Have you you been hearing about that? I don't hope so. Well, I think celebrities playing there. Daniel Vittori, our top player, MJK Smith, David Steele, Clive Lloyd. He was very good. Uh, yeah, it was together with Sierra, well. and uh, Sierra is now uh, Chelsea. From, uh, Chelsea. Mm. Yeah, that was a real tender, a real duo, real. Yeah. Yeah, but, there's well, a few Talia Fico as well. So Talia Fico, yeah, a lot of players. There's a there. few. I mean, that's the way, though, is it? When you're an Ajax fan, that's what tends to happen. You know, you you bring the players yeah. on, they they get sold, but yeah, hopefully model, really. you bring through yeah, another we, wave of good players, young players. Yeah, we, we, we buy them from Denmark and uh, in England buy them from the, the Netherlands. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's true. That's right. That is the way it yeah. tends to work. Well, look, good to yeah. talk to you, class. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll no okay. doubt chat next year after or before the okay. second World Belly uh, Flop Championships. Okay. There we are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on the uh, Talk sports, and we're watching all the uh, cricket unfold on Sky, and it's still hard mm. to believe that Bob Willis isn't uh, part of it all. Absolutely. Uh, a, a new book arrived in the office this week. Bob Willis, a cricketer and a gentleman. It's a lovely book. It's it's a part autobiography, part tribute uh, to Bob uh, after his, his sad passing a short while ago. And joining us now uh, to chat about it 
is uh, Bob's wife, Lauren Clark, and uh, David Willis as well, his brother. Good afternoon, both. Good afternoon. Hi, good day. Hello. Yeah, you say, mm. it, uh, Lauren, it is a lovely book. You must be very pleased with it, because I said it, it, it's kind of more than, a, than an autobiography, isn't it? It's so many people talking about Bob uh, as a player and a man, and so many people kind of re- reflecting uh, on his death as well and how they felt when they heard the news and what they thought of him as a man. Yeah, obviously, we're extremely pleased with the book, proud of the book. It's selling extremely well, which is fantastic for Prostate Cancer UK. And it, it, it's so much more than a, biogra- a biography. I think a biography may have been a, you know, a bit boring if that was all there was, but um, we managed to get hold of quite a few famous names and they were all very happy to um, contribute to the book. And um, we got some of Bob's own words from uh, that he wrote in 2019. And uh, I, think, um, you know, I think it's a lovely tribute to him. What's so clear reading the book is that it t- he, he touched so many people in the game through his commentary, through his play. You know, the, the tribute by Ian Botham, the forward, is, is really lovely, I think. Yes, I mean, they they really loved each other. You can tell that if you read the, the um, bits from the sort of late 70s and early 80s that Bob wrote in his diaries. And, um, you know, they called each other lover. And... Um, <laughs> But, and yeah, and he, you know, uh, Beefy's never let Bob down on in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he always came to his parties and everything like that. And he's wrote, written a lovely um, tribute at the front in the forward. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Bob realised how how much he was loved, but um, it's it's very special to us to to realise it now. David, one thing that comes across as well, the players are different vintages um, of how sort of giving Bob was with his time uh, and his advice to sort of young cricketers. And even Rob Key saying that he was always a, a good person to chat to. You know, you always come away from a conversation laughing with Bob. And uh, so he, he touched a lot of people of different generations, I think. I think so. And... Uh... Yes, as, as Lawrence said, uh, he would have been absolutely astonished at the reaction to his passing. Uh, he was a shy man, an, a modest man, I think, in lots and lots of ways. But when you hear the, uh, the, the remarks of someone like Rob Key and how helpful Bob was when Rob started on the first few steps of commentary and, and stepping into that role, um, it was very, very, very warming to hear how, how, how kind Bob had been to those, those sorts of people. Um, I'm a bit surprised to hear Lauren saying that they called each other lover. That would be a bit worrying if I was. They <laughs> <But he> did. <laughs> and uh, and there's some fine illustrations in the book, none uh, more so than your Lauren, your cubist tribute to. Yeah, Bob. Oh, that's really yeah. impressive. Well, it? yes. I mean, I was it was in lockdown, and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I'd done A level art in 1986, <laughs> so I decided to buy some paint and. Um, paint bob and um and people have liked it so firstly the publisher said oh we, we need to get that in the book and it's now the design for the bob willis trophy so oh, it's a, really? an amazing achievement and honor for yeah. me yes yeah brilliant well done and the photo with muhammad ali was a real yeah. treat i mean absolutely brilliant yeah david i think the, the picture research i mean i'd, I'd not seen that before this t- no. turned up some really interesting pictures but beyond that uh, our old friend martin tyler i had no idea that uh, Bob and Martin had shared a flat as uh, as young guys. <laughs> they did indeed. Uh, yes, in in, um, in Streatham, in uh, in the very very early seventies, when Bob was still at Surrey, uh, they used to pay, play penalty prize hour after hour, which I think involved kicking a ball of socks into a sofa 
And uh, I saw the game played and how they could play it for more than five minutes. I didn't know. But Martin was a, Martin was a great friend. And they'd been at school together at Guildford. Martin was a couple of years older than Bob. But they, they got together over their passion for sport. And Martin uh, was very, very keen to get into commentary and did so early. But he remained a close friend and, uh, and they, were, they were in regular contact. One of the nice things about the book also is it, it highlights how different Bob was from his curmudgeonly image, you know, and uh, the way he'd be. And it all came, I understand this myself, he all came from his love of England, he wanted England to do well, but when they didn't do well, he, he got a bit frustrated. <laughs> well, I think a lot, of, a, lot of, um, a lot of sports commentary can be bland, people concerned about how people will react if there is criticism. Uh, but Bob was straightforward enough to say, when they do well, I will praise. When they do badly, I will get stuck in. And people listened to that, and he got this voice, which was the voice of the verdict, if you like, uh, and it became very compulsive listening because, and listening and watching uh, because he was certainly not sparing in his criticism if England had done badly. And, and, and I think people responded to that. And Lauren, away, away from uh, the cricket, uh, his other great loves covered uh, uh, of wine and music. of Bob Dylan, of course. Mm. And uh, you say at the end that uh, Bob Dylan's music company, uh, you say he was a very important figure in Bob's life and uh, they allowed you to reproduce uh, lyrics and song titles uh, for the book and gave you those permissions. So I wonder if, I wonder if Bob Dylan himself is aware of how much he was uh, <laughs> uh, loved by uh, Bob Willis. I hope I hope he is because I've um, sent two copies of the book to the Bob um, Dylan Music Company. Oh. They requested one, so I've sent two, including um, a handwritten letter to Bob Dylan telling him how much Bob loved him. But they were—it was amazing. We got an immediate response from um, Bob Dylan's manager. Bob, my Bob, would have been beside himself if there had <laughs> been an email from um, Jeff Jeff Rosen. His name is, and um, and they supported the book straight away, which was so nice because if they'd been difficult, it would have been sort of like. You know, Bob always said you shouldn't meet your heroes because they might disappoint you. And um, they haven't disappointed us at all. And we were able to use Bob Dylan titles as the chapter headings for each of the um, chapters in the biography section and, and uh, re reproduce some important lyrics. I love we the fact much, that he... Oh, God, yeah, sorry, very much hope that uh, We very much hope that Dylan's next album will be all about cricket. He's done some fairly quirky stuff. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, never... wouldn't it? But he did get... Bob did go to about 75 live Dylan concerts. He certainly had all 55 studio albums. Yeah. And Lauren would know better than me, but I think he listened to Dylan at some point every single day of his life. He was a real mentor, a real visionary... And, and they were two souls very, very much attached in a way. And I think this comes through uh, through the book. Maybe we should set the listeners to work to come up with uh, uh, Bob Dylan-based cricket songs. I can't think of Knocking any. on the pavilion door. <laughs> Knocking on the pavilion door, like a, like a Roland Butcher. I can't really think. It's at the top head, I can't really think of them anymore. The so, fact also, he's the name, because he was RGD Willis and it was Dylan, I think I, I did know this, but it isn't, if you didn't, it's an amazing thing that he, he basically added that name as a teenager, didn't he? Sort of self-styled. He was only 16, I think. Uh, it might have been partly moved by, the, by he thought that if he was going to play cricket for England, he would need three initials. But um, uh, the, only, the only other name he could possibly imagine himself having was Dylan. So whatever the process through deed poll was, but he went through the official uh, procedures and formally added... Dylan to Robert George, uh, I think around about his 16th birthday, which is a truly <laughs> bizarre thing to do.
Well, uh, we wish you both well with the book. We, as you were pointing out earlier on, the, the, the advance payment, the royalties on the book, go to Prostate Cancer UK. It's, uh, it's uh, available now. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Knock, knock, knocking on Laurie Evans' door. <laughs> Very good. Who can forget that classic album, Pat Pocock and Billy the Kid. <laughs> and uh, the Sultan's been in touch. Our former Has producer, uh, Tom, says uh, Highway 61 all out. <laughs> he said he would love to have seen Bob and Charles review that England batting collapse on the verdict. Thank you very much, Sol. It ain't me and Dad, babe. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we're looking uh, off the back of... Um, we're chatting about the late, great Bob Willis just now. What about the idea mm. of a, a Bob Dylan album of cricket songs? That's what uh, his wife, Lauren, and brother David are hoping because he was such a big fan. And at Southampton, players are taking shelter from the storm because a hard rain's going to fall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Manchester lass has said that. Hard rain's going to fall and call off uh, play. So, of yeah, course, exactly. that's likely to happen. Mm. Subcontinental homesick blues. Somebody else comes up with um, positively Chesterless streets as AFC. And uh, what about yeah, uh, Aggers Farm? Says Chris Skinner. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. The rugby's back tomorrow. The rugby union, of course, Premiership uh, mm. rugby, and to market. If you've flown into Heathrow today, uh, you would have seen uh, on the Twickenham pitch. Uh, the faces of three big rugby stars, mm. Chris Robshaw, Mara Toje and Fafta Clark. Um, and that's uh, thanks very much to our uh, next guest, who is the artist who has supervised this. He had a team of artists working on it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. impressive. And it's uh, John Lumberg. Good afternoon, John. Hiya. This is an odd commission. So when the phone call comes in or the email saying, Dear John, are you interested in putting three big faces on the pitch at Twickenham? Or is this the kind of medium that you work in quite often? Well, my history is that um, I started off making crop circles. And so it's kind of using the same skill set, but a slightly different medium. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, and you, I mean, you did it pretty quickly. So you had to re- recruit other artists. I mean, what was the process? Did you sketch it out first, or did you have a picture to work with? I mean, it's it's quite fascinating to see how you would have done this. Yeah, I was supplied um, some photographs from Premiership Rugby, and then used those as a starting point to generate the artwork that we basically scoured up and put into the field. Um, but they only contacted me at the end of uh, July, so to be honest, it's been quite a quick turnaround. <laughs> Right. Um, and so, uh, and because of that, actually, I actually worked with a computer programmer who came up with some custom software that enabled us to very quickly generate all of the number lists, kind of like the, the coordinates of where all the, all the geometry was going to go down. And that enabled us then to split up into five teams of two who then worked for around about 20 hours putting all the paint down on the wow. pitch at Twickenham. Because the likenesses are great. I, th- I must say, I imagine flying over or being in the stadium would be wonderful to see it. The problem with today is when you look at it in the newspaper, you think they could have done that on a Photoshop. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> well, it's I a shame in a way. <laughs> what? That's how I designed it. I designed it on Photoshop and then we scaled it up and put it in, in the cell. But I assure you, it is there. I've, I've got great knees to prove it. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> I do believe you. So, I mean, where does it, I mean, where does it really come into its own? I mean, if you, do you have to stand on the roof at the very back of the stand? you get the effect i'm looking at the pictures i take it these pictures here were taken at the very back of back of the stand i think they were actually drone shots that you'd ah, be looking at so oh, right, be a bit further up. Mm. Um, from the ground all you can see is just a sea of, of dots and lines you, you can't oh. you couldn't really you might just be able to kind of like pick out a nose or an eye but but it's very difficult from ground level um 
Uh, so you yeah, you have to get up over it. You've probably got to get a good hundred foot up in the air before it starts to kind of like look kind of photographic. Being sport, of course, we needed some stats, so uh, you used a grid <laughs> comprising of 13,420 elements and 1,280 litres of biodegradable pitch marker paints. Oh, of course, yeah. Then when you get there, that was a B&Q, you must have been queuing there for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Filling yeah, that no, trolley up. It's not, it's not g emulsion, right? It's, it's very specialist <laughs> pitch marker paint. I don't think the groundsman at Twickenham would have liked it if I turned up with uh, some white Dulux. Yeah, were there no. a big gang of them sort of looking not particularly happy about it when, when you turned up or were they were they all on board with this i take it they were uh yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> oh, another story yeah, there. how long Definitely. will it last will, it, will a heavy rainstorm see the back of it or will it survive that no i mean it, it, it's paint that's designed to do pitch marking so it'll probably i mean obviously they, they're going to cut it but it'll probably be there or the ghost of it will be there for a couple of weeks at least i think that's great wow, okay so uh just a nice thing on the portfolio though it's a bit different it's not something mm. you get asked every yeah. day is it no, no, absolutely. I kind of, um, yeah, I, I feel uh, very lucky to have been asked to do it, to be honest. Are you a rugby fan, John? Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not really. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I am honoured to have worked on the hallowed grounds at Twickenham. Yeah. Have people said to you, you're a bit of a pitch artist? Oh, well, that's a bit... <laughs> well, they might do now. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's what they said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, Andy, we mentioned the other day this new t- uh, kind of sporting TV format that we mm. can see soon. It's fronted by Freddie Flintoff. Um, and it's going to see uh, a number of celebrities row from Land's End to John O'Groat. God. I mean, that's a hell of a take, isn't it? I mean, it's a take on to do something like that. It's a challenge. How do they get that commission? (laughs) Well, um, on board so far, Adam Thomas from uh, Emmerdale, um, Pussycat Doll, Kimberly Wyatt, and a proper athlete in in Denise Lewis. Uh, She's going to be doing it. Think of the calluses. I mean, I just. It's not going to look... Next time we see Denise, going to have calluses. On the, hands about, like hands like in his swimming way. Jack calluses. Jack calluses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's going to have them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't see it. I, I'm very fascinated to see that Twitter UK, Twitter's own account, are now trolling people. Do you see they trolled Phil Jones? And then yeah. they had to... You think, not what a great clever. example to set. Well done. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done to everybody, yes. Yeah. Come on, let's do the chip. The okay, chip well, look, this is, um, this is uh, I think it's just an odd thought process. So imagine that you were, mm. you were sitting at home and you were Rod Thomas, 34, um, and old Rob, he's, uh, he's opened oh, a young bag. Young Rob, really. Young Rob, uh, yeah. He's opened a bag of uh, the McCain's frozen oven chips. Um, and he's, he's about to have his dinner and he's probably poured them <laughs> I'm on. I'm glad you're doing it in the footballer's sporting well, look, he's, tents. And he's gone over he's there. Gone he's gone He's on the half turn. He's looked, he's dropped, his shoulder's gone down and he's tipped. <laughs> He's preheated the oven and he's tipped the uh, the chips onto yeah. the tray, uh, ready yeah. to uh, greased or not greased. I don't know what his preference is. No idea. And he's put them on there. Yeah. Uh, he was having. I can't tell you because the story was quite forceful. It was. Yeah. With it, he was having turkey drummers and baked beans. So yeah. he's clearly aged four, not thirty-four. <laughs> smiley faces. But uh, anyway, and out of the bag drops uh, a seven-point-five-inch long chip. Yeah. Now at that point. Um, as, as a, a normal Joe, or in this case, Rob, what do you do? Do you think, oh, that's quite a long chip. But, uh, <laughs> you just cook it I'm and a, eat it, you? cook you? it and eat it. Yeah. But no, no, not him. He said, um, <laughs> he said it, it fell onto the tray, and I thought, wow. 
Um, this is never going to end, he thought. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe the size of it. I did a Google search. That's the best bit. I, I, I did, did a, a Google, Google search. search. What did you put in? Long and f- chip. <laughs> and, found, and found this was the longest chip on record. Was there a lot of golf stats he had to get through first? Before? Yeah, of course, if you Google uh, world's longest chip, <laughs> they, you could get all sorts of names coming yeah. up where it happened. I took some pictures of it. Just hmm. eat your dinner, mate. Just eat your dinner. And then I cooked and ate it. Well, at least it, it turned out well in the end. So. I feel for young Archie Chisnell, 15 of St Helens, Merseyside, yeah. who'd found the previous biggest at 7.1 inches last month. Do you think McCain's are doing it like some sort of Willy Wonka golden yes, ticket? I think they might be. So from now on, they're just putting in a massive <laughs> chip somewhere on the conveyor belt. They've got they've changed their cutting equipment. So there we are, that's... It's, it's quite competitive. I wouldn't say it's sport, but uh, people, if you do see a long chip, longer than seven, you need seven and a half inches now, that's the marker yeah. for you. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, a lottery punter, have you seen this? Is just four weeks to claim a 50, virtually £58 million jackpot Euro Millions windfall. Uh, if they don't collect it by September the 13th, that's it. Mm. I think it was bought in Ayrshire. Because I was thinking, this could be me, because I've, I've developed this new habit of buying a lottery ticket and not bothering to check it. It just takes it takes so long to actually get the numbers. Up. I said to the wife, "I'm just going to buy them and throw them away because that's what I do anyway." She said, "Well, that's utterly pointless." I thought, "What it, I mean, what it I, is?" I've got to agree with her on this one. <laughs> what's agree. the point? Well, no what's the point, point of buying a lottery ticket. Well, and not I like, checking I like the, numbers. the fact that it goes to good causes in sports. So I like to support the national it's lottery. It's sort of altruistic thing. I don't ever expect to win. I don't deserve to win. Somebody like myself shouldn't win the lottery. I don't think. Will you give it back? Would you? Well, I'd give a lot of it to charity. Yeah, at least half. Okay. Well, yes, right. Of course. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. Are you mean, just trying to make yourself look good? Is this, no, is this what this is all about? No, absolutely what I would do. <laughs> okay, to make you myself. Uh, it's very hard. I'd for, give it all away. It's I very just, hard. Not for me. I just, very... the trappings of wealth. <laughs> it's very hard for me to make myself look good on this station. I've been 20 years of making a complete idiot of myself. So yeah. That, that's unlikely to happen. But in this case, I would... You know, I, I often think that, I think, because you look at the sort of people that win the lottery, you think, well, it's fair enough, really. And, and people, sort of middle-class people, never really win the lottery, do they? They don't deserve to, I think. Do you so think, so you think it's karma? You think well, it's I think those... something about that, yeah. You don't very rarely see it, do you? It's, it's, you know. There was a thing doing the rounds yesterday. It's, it's an old it's piece... Mikey Carroll and people like that. Well, it's not always. It's an old <laughs> piece of film of a guy in Australia who was, yeah. uh, who was in a coma. Um, and it's a quite a sad story, but he came out of the coma, and the yeah. first thing he did mm. was enter a competition and he won a car wow. in, in a, on a scratch card. Was he able enough he to was, drive? He was, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was an Australian mm. fella. And I'd say it's an old bit of footage, mm. but he did the round yesterday where they, the local TV channel asked him to go in and recreate what he did oh, yeah. um, with the scratch card. So he went in the shop again, so he's talking to him for it. Oh, don't tell me he won you know, again. He won $250,000. <laughs> Well, they good were, luck to the film. That, that's exactly him. what I mean. He deserves to win. Yeah. He's had a horrible thing happen to him. He deserves it. I think fair enough, really. Like, I love the way you think karma fits into a kind of random yeah, draw. You don't feel that about sort of <laughs> having a punt on the horses. Do you? I, mean, I don't deserve to win. Well, no, but it's different with the horses because I only bet small. I'm on a roll at the moment. You are. How was my f- bet last night? Come on, that was a good bet, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. You... About five minutes to go, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking... God, they're really pressing, aren't they, PSG? I've got a feeling here, if they score, they're going to score twice. So at 1-0, with five minutes to go, I put a fiver yeah. at 20-1. to one. Please gamble responsibly. Well, yeah. five, 20 a one, fiver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, well, that is responsible, Michelle, yeah. Fiver on 20-1 to one, yeah. and blow me 
It happened oh, within 147 seconds of the first. There we goal, are. That was this afternoon's made the last show. three minutes yeah. quite exciting. Uh, no, two chances. not quite as good as we remembered. Oh yeah, that's because they nearly yeah, had a massive they nearly start. Anyway, look around, right didn't they? Yeah. Uh, we'll we see did ask you earlier on off the back of these 12 year old fours game, a men's game, and scored 113 about playing with the big boys and girls, and when it happened to you. Uh, they'll put their name on this. Uh, it says, um, my son, who has since gone on to keep wicket to Freddie Flintoff, doesn't say in which circumstances, um, played cricket for my village uh, team, mm. aged 11. A batsman came in who was 81 years old, fully padded up, including oh. elbow pad. <laughs> I was captain and brought my son Adam on to bowl, and he bowled the fella out. However, the ball bounced twice, so a no ball was given. Oh. So that's what about that 11-year-old bowling to 80-year-old? That's a mark of Do you remember the cricket, game we used to play with for the Bunburys, Jack, I, can't, I should remember his last name, that's bad. But he was a brilliant old fellow. I remember first time he came in, I played with him, and he comes into bat, and he honestly was in his mid-80s, and he looked it, you know, but he sort of like played it forward, and then he went for a quick single. Thinking, really like a red ball run like <laughs> Kevin Peterson. It was. <laughs> Unbelievable. What an amazing, yes, 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 yes. Was he amazing really? Was you at the other was. end? Was you batting No, winning? I was fielding. Oh, okay, right. You were playing for the opposition. Oh, and um, if I did win uh, all that money and gave to charity, one of the charities I'd give to would be Harry and Meghan. I, you know, you have to feel for them, <laughs> don't you, really? It's very, very sad, everything that's happened to them. They, yeah. They've just bought a £7.6 million house. I know it's terrible, isn't it? Okay. Well, I, I, well no slight hint of sarcasm there, Andy, I've got to be honest. So uh, yes. It was weird seeing old Thomas Tucker, wasn't it, sitting on his... Doing I the mean, Bielsa. He wasn't doing a Bielsa, but he had, he had no choice because no. Uh, he, he was in a protective boot, wasn't he? Mm. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit, well, I mean, obviously desperate to celebrate, but had to do it all from a seated position. I don't know if he was, you know... Or needed to use the facilities oh, okay. at half time, but he really shot off into the tunnel. Oh, Maybe because they were losing one nil. I can't. I can't tell. <laughs> it's it's amazing that the notes. I've because. You know, they scored so late, and before I did my bet, I, I was already summing up the game. I put, PSG are never hardened by the French league for the knockout stages. Mm. That's why they've gone out. It's brilliant, isn't it? You look at look back, and uh, I was just thinking we weren't going to get that sort of sudden Champions League final stages are sort of notable for that, aren't they? Last yeah. year was wonderful. And it just, it didn't have that feel without the crowd. It didn't have that feel, the game, did it? It was quite enjoyable, but... I, I, I did know. feel for Atlanta, but you did make a good point at the end. You said, yeah. you know, the, the tournament is better for having Neymar and Mbappe yeah. in, still in it, and I think you're probably right. God, so. Mbappe's a wonderful player, yeah. isn't he? God, he's just going to get better and better. I mean, for somebody so young, he looks so powerful and he's so quick. Mm. So, yeah, no, definitely. Alan, this morning on breakfast, said he rated him as the number one player in the world at yeah. the moment, over Messi. Mm, Just Jamie O'Hara thought was leading. He wasn't having it, was he? No. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. Uh, that was this afternoon's show. We'll return tomorrow from one. We'll have clips of the week and Martin Kellner and lots more besides. So, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.